How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you on Monday, April 11th, 2022, joined by Aria Tari. Aria, it's NBA playoff time. Say what's up to the people. Man, the first NBA playoffs in April since 2019. Wow, I didn't even think of it that way, but yeah, we had the we had the bubble, and then we had last year. Yeah, last year was weird, man. We were already on like mid, we were already like 30, 40 games deep on MLB before we even got to this. So yeah. definitely feels weird. Feels good to have the real. You know, we finally have like the real schedule and everything back together, which feels nice to have the real timeline once again back together. But anyway, Aria, yesterday was the last day of the NBA regular season. We finally got our official seating and everything for the playoffs. I mean, I guess the biggest thing here is our aria as you as a celtics fan man let's hear it you feel like the the, the bucks uh were ducking the um ducking the nets here in the first round or do you feel like that they made the smart move um i mean they kind of just put the ball in the celtics court right like hey if you guys want this two seat you can have it if you guys want to play brooklyn go ahead and you know i think boston looked at it i think the first thing and adoka kind of said this in the uh and I can't remember if it was pregame uh-huh. or postgame, but it's also like we're not even guaranteed to play Brooklyn. Like, like they still have to do the play-in to yeah. against Cleveland. Now I know everybody's probably saying, "Oh, there's no way that they're going to lose to Cleveland." I don't know, man. It's a one game; anything can happen. Basketball is a highly variable sport. It's why we play seven-game series, right? Um, so I would be a lot. Le- I think the Celtics would, you know beat Brooklyn easy if Rob Williams was healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the question, right? Without Rob Williams, uh, I don't know. But if they can get past Brooklyn, it is pretty nice to have that two seed so you know you're going to have home court in the next round. My only thing is, did we maybe – this may break a good way for, for Milwaukee if they, they're going to play this cupcake Chicago team. I bet they – I honestly think they're going to sweep them. Um, that may be Same. jumping ahead. I think they're going to sweep Chicago. And then they're going to possibly play Brooklyn and then have home court against Brooklyn. So it may shake out in Milwaukee's favor entirely. We dodged Brooklyn one round and uh, we got the cupcake team and don't have to play Brooklyn and Boston. Something to that effect as opposed to now Boston and Brooklyn would both have to go through each other and Milwaukee. Um, the only negative for Milwaukee, and I know I'm monologuing, is uh, if they were to play Brooklyn in round one, maybe they avoid having Ben Simmons come back, but I don't think he's going to be coming back at all this year. All right, I said too much. (laughs) No, it's all good. Trust me, uh, me and Ben gone on tangents way worse than that before. Yeah, you know, I think the Ben Simmons thing is huge, man. Like, are we actually going to see Ben Simmons? The weird thing about it is, see, I don't think we're going to see him. So the news is he's running on, like, one of those, like, special, like, zero-gravity treadmills, something like that. He hasn't even played three-on-three. He hasn't even played three on three. So, I mean, until he plays three on three, he's not even going to be remotely close to coming back. But see, my thing here is he's regardless how he's thrown in, he hasn't played basketball all year long. Like, how is he really going to be ready like that? I just feel like that's stupid. What? You know, his last game was that game seven against Atlanta. That was the last NBA game he played. And you're going to just throw him out into a playoff series when where's the, where's the tune up game against OKC or Houston or Orlando? Like, he needs one of those, and you're not getting those in the playoffs. So, Wait, is the G League season over? I know they're in the playoffs, I would assume, but is it over? 
Designate him for assignment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, be like MLB designate him for an assignment before he comes back up to the pro squad. But I don't even think that – I think they're in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, because I remember seeing Sharif Cooper drop 42 and the Skyhawks got eliminated. But we're not going to talk about the Skyhawks on here. Yeah, Just no, like let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, rather spend rotation. I think it's more. Uh, I think it's more worth our time to talk about the Skyhawks and is the Lakers. Anyway, though, I I don't see Ben Simmons being affected. Like I don't think Brooklyn fans need to worry about that. If anything, I'd be more worried about how healthy Seth Curry is. But ultimately, yeah. I mean, with all that being said, like you said, Brooklyn's got to win this game, man. I mean, we just watched St. Peter's go to the Elite Eight. They for damn sure were not one of the eight best teams in college basketball. So anything can and will happen. We'll talk about that though later. I think the Celtics made the right choice. You don't when you go in the playoffs, like you see too many times where teams like in the NFL rest everybody in weeks. Now it's week uh, eighteen, but it's week seventeen. Yeah, you know, they re, used to rest everybody. Then you see that team turn around and lose first game of the playoffs just because they're you know they're not loose and they're a little tense. You know they're out of routine, rhythm, and everything. I think it was smart for the teams that played their players. Now a, a move that doesn't look smart. Luka Doncic gets hurt last night. Do you think this move is completely shaking up the West and open things up more? And do you think he's going to be effective in the playoffs? Yeah. And before I do that, I just want to put a bow in that last point on Boston. I just don't know if they made the right choice. I don't know if they made the right choice. If Milwaukee made the right choice, we're going to find out. Right. I just think it's too early to make that distinction on who was, yeah. who's in the, who's in the better situation. We'll find out. Um, but to your uh, Luka thing, um, I mean, so right now it says there's no timetable for his return. It's a problem, that calf strain. I know Kevin Durant had that calf injury his last year with the Warriors. Um, you know, he ended up missing the rest of that Houston series, the entire Western Conference Finals against Portland, and then comes back game five against Toronto and ends up, after he had a monster first quarter, blows out his Achilles. Um, so it's tricky with an injury like that. I mean, if Dallas doesn't have Luca, that team, his that offense is just so dependent on one guy. I don't give mm-hmm. that team a chance without him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I can't see them doing anything with Luca. I think Utah would beat them in four or five without Luca. I don't know, man. I don't know about the Utah beating him part. I think they can get past him, but I don't think I think it stops there. I mean, it definitely does without Luca. And I mean, even if Luca's able to come back and play, like I watched Luca a lot of times in the regular season where he would get quote unquote hurt and come back and play some. So who knows? They could be trying to be cautious. Like, we really don't know for sure. At least he has some time off here because they don't even play till Saturday at 1 p.m. But, you know, I think if – That's so – that's such a – that's such a punch in the gut. The earliest slot when you have your star player injured. No, absolutely. But on top of that, I mean, he's not going to get more healthy as the playoffs comes on. I think this is the ultimate, you know, kick in the dick, if you want to call it that, with the Luka injury. I don't. I think they they can get past Utah. I think Utah is very fraudulent and is probably the worst outside of the Cavs. Probably the worst team. Maybe the Spurs playing for a play-in spot or playing for a playoff spot. I think they're probably the worst team. I mean, the chemistry is just off in Utah. Man, is not there. But yeah, Dallas can't do it without Luka. Man, I mean. It's, it's hard when you have I'm bro. Oh, go that far. saying like playing teams are better than them. I mean, I think the Pelicans would beat them in a seven game series. Oh I think they would. You, you, you're underrating Mitchell. You're underrating Mitchell. I mean, I watched I've watched a lot of Utah games They're at the end. Bad. They can get up he's in like the-, the punching bag and everyone wants to talk crap about how much he sucks and can't do anything on offense and they don't want to run a play for him. But like he's still one of the best defensive players in the league. He's still a problem. Um, Utah's not like a title contender. I think everyone knows that. And last year was kind of the biggest revelation of that after they had the best record in the league. But 
I think now we've kind of swung the pendulum a little bit too far with the Jazz, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if they if Luke is able to come back and perform, you know, let's say seventy five percent of what he usually does, I'd still probably take Dallas, maybe in like six. Um, the and you know he needs to win a playoff series. I mean, he does. He's, in, he's only in year. What is this? Year four? Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's if you're gonna be like this because. And we'll get to all NBA first teams, but he's already made the all NBA first team twice and with the potential to make it a third time. Like you gotta, you gotta win a uh, playoff series here. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, this is, this sucks for Dallas. I feel like this is the best team they've had the entire time he's been there. Like this team has been on a roll ever since trading for Zingas. And I feel like that everything came unraveled last night. I mean, I agree with you completely, man. Like, it's one of those things where you can have all this potential. You know, you can be one of the best young players in the league. But until you actually do something that it results in playoff wins, like, it doesn't matter. Like, I remember we kind of felt the same way with LeBron until he got his first ring. Like, LeBron is all, ooh, this, that, LeBron, you know. But until he actually got a ring and proved it or even got to the finals, you know. Like, like upside's all fun and all until you can actually pan out and win. So, I think it's time for – I mean, Luca's got to get healthy, man. They got to. They at least got to win one series. I mean, they don't have to play the Clippers. Their nemesis is like this is a perfect draw for them to play Utah here. They at least got to get through the first round. Yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, I think it would. I I think if he's healthy, they don't have an excuse, right? Like yeah. the last two times against the Clippers, even though they were up two zero last year, and I think it was three two heading to Game Six, and the, in Dallas where the Clippers won, and then the yeah. seven back in L.A. But Kawhi was the better player in that series. This time, if he's healthy, he's the best player in the series. He should be able to get the job done. He's healthy. I mean, if he's injured, changes things a little bit. But, you know, you just like to see it for his career trajectory to finally get the playoff series win here. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm ready to see Luca do something and go on a deep run here in the playoffs, kind of like we saw Trey do last year. Um, all right. I think we've uh, – anything else we want to talk about about how playoff seedings panned out or anything? Or should we go ahead and get down to the play-in games? Um, I'm just thinking right now off the top of my head. Because, I mean, we still got a whole other podcast coming up here in, on thir- on uh, probably Wednesday where we're going to talk about everything. Because, I mean, Thursday. let's be – okay, I'm down with Thursday. Because, I mean, regardless, these whatever eight – Let's do whatever day there's no games. Yeah, Thursday. Yeah, let's do Thursday for sure then. You're right about that because those games are going to start at 7. Because, I mean, let's be honest. These eight seeds are not beating the one seed. So, I mean, as much as I like to think my Hawks can take down the Heat, it's not happening, guys. If That is even if we make it. Even if we make it. We still have to win two games before that. You got to even really talk right. about that. Yeah, we do plans. All right, let's do it. Let's go ahead and jump into it here. All right, first play-in game will tip off tomorrow at 7 p.m. This game is going to be played in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers – actually – is that is that correct? Yeah. No, no, no. It's in Brooklyn, actually. Sorry, sorry. They're going to be playing in Brooklyn. Nets eight and a half point favorites. Totals at two twenty eight and a half. Aria, who's winning this game? We don't have to make ATS picks, but who's winning this game? Uh, I mean, who do I want to win? The Cavs, right? But <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it's like I I don't want to do the whole thing where I'm going to do a bunch of analysis here and be like, oh, well, Brooklyn because of this. This is I know. I mean, they got the best two players in the series that. I saw. I was listening to Barkley last night. Uh, I think he said this during halftime. But the Nets in the entire Eastern Conference playoffs, or out of the entire Eastern Conference, they have two of the top five players in the whole conference. He was saying the only three he puts ahead of Kyrie. He says I think he said Durant was first. I'm maybe getting this wrong, but he was saying it's like Durant, Giannis, and B Tatum, Kyrie. 
Um, I'd put Trey in front of him, then I'd put Kyrie. So Barkley's saying that's what Barkley was saying. And I mean, yeah, they're super talented. We know that. We know what that team did with a hobbled Harden and without Kyrie in last year's playoffs. Now granted they had Joe Harris, but this year they had they have Seth Curry. Um who knows if they get Simmons back? Like we were talking about that earlier. I don't see that happening just because you're going to throw him back into the fire without any sort of tune-up seems a little, uh, a little unbelievable, but yeah, I, I think the Nets win that one easy. They don't have a good defense, but you know, they can just outscore anybody with those two. Yeah, I would, ar- I would, I'd say there's pretty much no argument. Anybody who needs someone to win one game for them is going to choose Kevin Durant. That's exactly what Kevin Durant has to do here. Um, the only way I don't see Brooklyn winning this game is if one, the Cavs come out here and hit like 25 three pointers, or two, they just don't want to play the Celtics and they want to try to tank it out and play Miami. Although that is a little risky, you know, considering the fact they just lost to Atlanta a couple nights ago without Trey Young. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's an interesting point because. And I'm not just saying this is like biased or whatever, but if I was the Nets, I'd rather be in that bracket because Miami, think about it too. The whole thing I was just saying about having the best two players in the series, well, they would have that against Miami, right? Yeah. And then you know they want that Philly team. Like, so if you could get them in round two, that regular season game they had against, well, maybe Ben Simmons doesn't want Philly, but the way Kyrie <laughs> were like so zeroed in, focused, and just kind of yeah, Kyrie like bullied Harden in that game. No, and they did. It kind of felt like, and it it really felt like those two, Kyrie and Durant, like these guys have done it. They're NBA champions. They've succeeded at the highest level, and it was kind of like sticking it to Harden. Like, hey, you left us who have accomplished something. You never won anything. You know, that's what it felt like. To me, it, at least, watching. Maybe yeah. I'm talk radio, like, over analysis, but I don't know. It is a sports podcast, so. Nah, I mean, for a guy who bets on the NBA every day and falls closely game to game to game, I feel, I feel the same way you did. Like, I really felt like, I mean, I feel like the Nets came out in that game and they looked at Philly as, like, they felt like Harden stabbed them in the back and was a traitor, but they wanted to make a statement, you know, because Philly was out saying that they were the best team in the East. They had beat, they'd beat, like, two bad teams in back-to-back nights. And they hadn't even really got tested versus the Nets. I mean, KD straight up, they asked him, and he's like, nah, man, they don't get, they don't like to run. They don't like to get back on defense. He acted like they already had them picked apart. Like, I feel like they saw this as a team that thought that they were the hot, the hot shots of the conference, and they wanted to take them down a notch. Now, when they had to play the Bucks, I feel like they tried to do it and they blew it. But I mean, that's a different story. I feel like this team came to play in the big games against the bigger teams, you know, like they picked and chose their spots to show up and they showed up big. Cause I mean, there's, I mean, they're give up, they gave up like 125 points to the Pacers the other night in that game. They held Philly to a hundred, which is like one of their lowest totals since they got hardened. Yeah. So obviously we'll see what happens. We'll see if they win, but I think it'd be more fun if they're the eight seed. Just, I really want to see the Philly matchup. The Miami one would be interesting. Yeah. Um, and obviously like for selfish reasons, I want them to get the eight seed because <laughs> against Durant scary. Now I honestly would want to play them if we had a healthy Rob Williams. I yeah. wouldn't mind playing them going up against Kyrie. Like, I think that would be super fun, but I really just want, and I really did want Boston to get Chicago and I, Rob Williams just means so much. And it's just like, could we just get past round one, hopefully get him back and then be at full strength for whoever it's not, 
to me, it's like, yeah, you are kind of ducking them, but it's like, we're ducking them for a reason. We want to be able to compete at full strength and we can't this first round. No, I definitely agree with you on that one there. I, th- I think that all those are valid points. And on top of that, you know, Rob Williams doesn't get hurt. Celtics are probably the one seed. I mean, that's just the way it goes, you know. You got to play with what yeah, you got. I mean, that game against Miami, like towards the end there, that we lost in the final minutes. with, And that was maybe like our second or third game without him. I can't I think remember. It was, t- it was second. It was second, yeah. No, I agree with you. That one was definitely huge. Let's talk about the second game though, that's going to come on. I think this is going to be the better game of the two to watch. The L.A. Clippers take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. This game's also to establish who's the seventh seed and who has to play another game in order to get in. Total at 230 on this one. Minnesota's three-point home favorites. I'll start out on this one. Look, at first, I was like, oh, Timberwolves. This is easy. You know, the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. This team's been playing great basketball the second half of the season. I'm going to stop myself here, though, and say not so fast. I think the Clippers get it done, man. Tyron Liu, he's a great coach. This team played well in the playoffs. I mean, they were able to take the Suns to six games, almost forced them to seven without Kawhi Leonard. This is pretty much the exact same team, if not a little bit better, because you also have Robert Covington now, and you have Norman Powell. The way I look at this one, man, I think Paul George is the best player on the floor, no matter what. Carl Anthony Towns is good and all, but I'll take Paul George over him any day of the week. Clippers are a little weak inside, but I think they can still get this one done. You saw what they did to go bear and pulled him out. They're going to do the exact same thing to Carl Anthony Towns in this game. I think the Clippers come in here and pull the upset and steal the seven seed. Yeah, no, I like it too uh, for the Clips. Just, you know, Paul George came back at the right time. Powell, mm-hmm. Covington, having those wings that are all versatile players. Reggie Jackson was a... I don't even know what's the right word. A let's be let's be honest. Reggie Jackson thinks he is what like what like Kyrie Irving and these guys are. Reggie Jackson legitimately, when he pictures himself, thinks he's like a top five player of the NBA. Reggie Jackson. I mean, last year in the playoffs, <laughs> he was he was killing it for the Clippers that entire time. I mean, they made the West Finals after losing their best player in that series against Utah. Um, that was like how they closed out that series was so impressive, especially that game six when mm. Terrence Mann had the what was it, 38 points? They yeah. ran off the floor. Um, and then on the uh, the Minnesota side, so this is town. Well, I guess it's not technically the playoffs, but they made the playoffs only one other time in Towns's career. There, I think that they're gonna get in just because they've been, you know, they've been established like good like under the old rules obviously they would be a playoff team right um but I just think in this one game now that the Clippers got some of their guys back here they can get a they can get surprised and shocked here Edwards has no playoff experiences D'Angelo Russell played a playoff series I guess that one with Brooklyn um before they got Durant yeah um maybe Pat Beverly has his revenge against his old team here who knows but I like the Clippers as well. And I think a lot of times it just comes down to who's got the better player. And I'd take Paul George over anyone in this series, even though Towns did the better year, but Paul George had still take. Yeah, exactly. Paul George played a lot of big series in his career. And on top of that too, you know, like we all thought Ty Ty Lue was just like LeBron's little puppet, but Ty Lue actually turned out to be a damn good coach. I mean, that, that jazz team, that jazz team, he was able to beat them without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, he literally made Rudy Gobert of the best defensive player in the league worthless on defense. He literally made it so they couldn't play him. And we haven't seen anybody reciprocate that. I mean, he was still able to win games against the Suns. If you were an NBA coach, would you want to coach LeBron? Because like, no, obviously you're going to be like in contention every year or whatever. Well, I guess not anymore, but um, 
it just feels like you don't get any credit whatsoever. And then once you're separated with LeBron, you get all this like retroactive credit, like Eric Spolstra gets all this <laughs> credit. Ty Lue, I mean, he's getting all this credit with the Clippers now for the job he did last year, how he's done this year without Kawhi and without Paul George for a majority of the season. Mm-hmm. And now he's kind of getting this retroactive credit with Cleveland, which is like, okay, well, they had David Black before him. David Black couldn't win the title. Ty Lue did against a tougher Warriors team. Um, he took him to three straight NBA finals. So, yeah, I wouldn't want to coach LeBron. <laughs> Hell no. And that's the same thing too. Like I was saying today that I wouldn't want to be Nick Nurse. If I was Nick Nurse, there's no way in hell I go to the Lakers. Lakers Prince Phil Jackson have not kept a coach for over three years. And they've had like six coaches over the last 10 years. It's not somewhere I want to go, no matter how good I am. Um, anyway, um, stay on topic. The only, the one thing I will say for Minnesota though, is Minnesota has played damn well, damn well the second half of the season. What? The Phil ja- I was just thinking about it. Sorry. I don't to- yeah. They had like Dan, Tony, Byron Scott, Luke Walton, Vogel. Yeah, Walt Walton and Yeah, Walton and Vogel were the only ones that got three years. And honestly, I feel like Walton just kept getting more time just because they didn't care at that point. You know, <laughs> that was like the transitional period into getting LeBron. Yeah, I thought I thought about it earlier and looked it up. But anyway, um the one thing I do want to say about Minnesota is Minnesota's played well the second half of the season. They've been one of the better teams in the league. They've had some good stretches. This team can get hot and play as they play especially well at home. I mean, who knows? Edwards just had 50 the other night. Pat Bev's played some decent games for him this season. They've had some crazy games. Towns has been playing well in the post. I mean, D'Angelo Russell, this team can't come out here and hit like tw- hit like 20-something threes, but I feel like they're going to have to get crazy hot in order to beat Walton here. Should, I mean, in order to beat Ty Lewin's crew here. Should be a good game on a Tuesday night. Let's get over to the Wednesday slate for the play-in. We got the Charlotte Hornets taking on my Atlanta Hawks. I think I'm probably going to go to this game. Totals at 236 and a half. Hawks are five-point favorites in this one. Aria, since I'm probably biased and y'all know which way I'm going, what do you think? Uh, So Collins isn't going to be back, right? I mean, no, I, I doubt it. Well, I mean, without Hayward, I think it's hard to pick Charlotte. And asking a lot from LaMelo, you know, Trey Young, he did prove like he's capable of coming up in big moments in the playoffs last year. I don't think beating the Knicks was as impressive as everyone made it out to be, but not. the Knicks were horrible. The Philly thing was big. Beating Joel Embiid in the playoff series was big. I mean, Embiid was mm-hmm. the MVP favorite for a good portion of last year until he got injured and then Jokic kind of took over. Um, so... Yeah, I'm, I'd go with the Hawks just because they're home court. Charlotte's without Hayward. I still don't know. I, I would trust Trey Young much more than LaMelo Ball in a game like this. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's too much there. I would like the Hawks to win and the Nets to lose, and that'd be the final, like, <laughs> to get. I think that'd be exciting. Hey, I, anything that leads to the Hawks getting in, I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, you know, I like my Hawks here for all the reasons you said. Say that again. You have to play the Nets, though. I know. I really don't want to play the Nets, but as long as I know, hey, if I knew we're going to win going into it, screw it. Let's play the Nets. But, um, 
Yeah, you know, I like what you said, man. Trey Young knows how to play in the big games. I mean, we even saw him when the Nets came to town a couple, I guess it was two weeks ago in a big game for seeding, and Trey Young stepped up and beat him even in that game, had 36 points, 10 assists. Trey Young's always stepped up and showed up for the Hawks. I feel like he can put the team on his back. I mean, the Hornets, LaMelo Ball and Rozier are not going to be able to guard Trey Young. Like you said, ever since Hayward's been out, this team has not been as good. Without Hayward in there, I don't see it happening for him either. Remember, Charlotte got hot last season to make a push to get in the plan, and then they folded in the plan. I expect the exact same thing to happen again this year. I am very biased, though, so I will say that. Um, last one up here for the play-in games. You, for, you are going to go, though? What, to the game? I'm yeah. pretty sure I am. Sean told me that he, that he might that he put in to get tickets, so I'm hoping he can get them. If not, I'll probably just pull the trigger and buy some. Um, I'm trying to get them, though, in that Facebook group so I don't have to pay fees. Like, I'll pay more to sit closer, but I just don't want to pay that. I just want to pay, like, $50 fees on $120 tickets. It's just ridiculous to get Masters fees. But anyway, um, Spurs are playing the Pelicans. This game's at 930 on ESPN. Um, on this one, look, I think this is the last game Greg Popovich coaches. He's had a great yeah. career. He's made some good runs and all. I just think the Pelicans are a bad matchup for him. Brandon Ingram rested those last couple games. I think him and McCollum can get it going. I mean, obviously Zion's not going to play in this game. Would be nice to see him out there. But this Pelicans team, I mean, remember, they started out the season, I think it was like 2-15 and 15 or something like that. This Pelicans team was miserable. They were the worst record in the league after the first two months. And now look at it. They're in the, they're in the plan. They've been one of the hottest teams in the league ever since that point. I think they just keep the momentum here and they get past the Spurs. But I think the run stops there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've been grinding out San Antonio Spurs tape um, <laughs> several months, just being honest. Um, but, you know, the interesting thing with Pop, you just you said, like, yeah, I, I think this is his last game. Like, he had the whole thing with Team USA. Um, he got the that wins record this season. It's like, what's left for him, you know? I really – I'm – I think he had this idea in his career with his career that he was going to coach for another, I don't know, maybe like 10 or so years. And Kawhi was going to be his Duncan 2.0. And this franchise has not been the same since Kawhi demanded that trade. That, that was what, how many seasons has it been without Kawhi now? This is the fourth, right? Um, They've never really adjusted since that. And yeah, I, I think this is it for Pop, whether or not he wins this one or somehow makes it in as an eight seed and then they get destroyed by Phoenix. It's just it's going to end at some point um, in these next couple weeks here. As for New Orleans, yeah, it'd be nice to see Zion. It, Zion, I mean, since the guy got in the league, all he's done is like not play games. And there's always been rumors about how he wants to go to the Knicks and leave the team that drafted him. And it's only been three seasons. Um I don't know. I'm not too interested for this game, if I'm being honest. Like, it would have been way more interesting if the Lakers were in this game. Player in this game. The best player in this game is it Murray? CJ McCollum, Dejounte Murray. Let's put it this way: If I had to pick a player to start start a team, I would take Dejounte Murray to win me this game right here. I'm taking CJ McCollum. He's the playoff experience guy. I think he's going to take it to him. Yeah, I mean, he's been much better since they traded him. Obviously. Um, or Portland. I don't know. I like Murray. I like I like Murray. I, like I think Murray. he's good. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's as good as McCollum is yet. Now I think McCollum's peaked at oh, what he is. Dude. Yeah, yeah definitely I mean, not offensive. Yeah, exactly. But Murray's definitely a better two way guy than McCollum is. Um. All right. So 
Final, final teams. So final, what's your, what's your play in look like? We're going, you were both going with the Nets as the seven seed. Do you think the Hawks are going to beat the Cavs to get the eight seed? Yeah, I think so. I think Cleveland has just sustained way too many injuries between Allen, obviously like all the stuff with their guards this year. I, 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 I think the Hawks get the eight. Yeah, so this is the Cavs injury report. Obviously, they don't have Ricky Rubio anymore because he got hurt, but they don't have Colin Sexton. They don't have Jared Allen. They don't have Dean Wade. Um, This version of Evan Mobley that's out there is basically like, it is not the Evan Mobley that we've seen the entire season long. Garland's been in and out of the lineup. Isaac Coro's been in and out. Let's put it this way. I don't think Cleveland has the scoring, even though they added Levert. I just think this team's been too injured, too banged up. I think they've had a good season and all. It's been a good run for them, but I think the injury bug ended up getting to them, and they're too young. I think the Hawks, my Hawks, will handle handle Cleveland. I think if Trey Young needs to drop a 50-point game, he'll turn one in for us and get us into the next round of the playoffs. Um, other On the flip side of things, we're going to have the Pelicans taking on the Timberwolves since we both agreed on the Clippers. I mean, I don't even think there needs to be a long discussion here. Minnesota will clean them up. I think Minnesota beats them by 20. Wait, you said the Clippers are gonna. Yeah, we. Clippers are gonna, uh, yeah, I took the Clippers to get the seven. I'm saying Minnesota will oh, play the Pelicans. Whoever would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in that in a series like that, I just think Town and Ed, Towns and Edwards um, would be by far like the two best guys. Not even a series, a single game, and that would be enough. Just those two. Um, so yeah, I, the way I see it shaking out. I think we're kind of in lockstep here is seven Brooklyn, eight Atlanta, seven Clips, eight Minnesota. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I mean, if honestly, as much as it pains me to say it, if I had to say, if gun to my head, if I had to take any of those teams to miss it, probably it'd be Atlanta, but I think we're going to get in. So anyway, let's, uh, let's move now to, it's been, it was a, what? The plan sucks. I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, NBA, the last season of the, or the last game of the season, you know, so underwhelming. Like I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, it's the last, last day of the season. We got 15 teams playing. And then I was like, wait a second. None of these teams give a damn about these games. You've all have to, all the losing teams are definitely trying to make sure that they don't hurt their tank spot. All the teams going to the playoffs are trying to jock. You know what I mean? Like they don't care anymore. There's nothing real to be decided. I, I just feel I feel like it gives us more meaningful basketball, and I'm all for meaning for more meaningful basketball. Last day of the regular season. Yeah, but I mean, it's NFL though. Each game means more. You know, like NFL, you don't see players sitting out games and whatnot, right? Like you do in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. I mean, Milwaukee had a chance for the two seed, and they didn't want it. I think it's a problem in your league if these teams are benefiting at least they believe that they're benefiting from throwing a game away that's a problem and i don't know how you fix that unless you want to like just let the highest seeds pick who they play in round one but like oh changing then you're changing over i mean this is the 75th year you're changing 75 years of precedent and history which you know, just because we've done something one way forever doesn't mean that justifies continuing to do it, right? But it just be, I don't know. I don't feel like the league's ready for that. It just feels kind of weird to just let the other team pick. But I don't yeah. know. Maybe we need to get there because you're basically incentivizing teams to lose the way it's currently set up with how injuries can happen and I don't know. So if I've learned two things about sports, the first thing that I've learned about sports is that 
not everybody's going to be happy with the way you do it for whatever sport you do it. The right. second, the second thing I've learned about sports is that sports always are down to change as time goes on and on. I mean, look at baseball and all the changes they're making. I mean, look how we got to the college football final four from not even having a championship game. I mean, yeah. shit, look how we even have the NBA play in at this point in time. So, you know, we have a 17 game regular season now that just still feels weird. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Like if sports yeah. are sports are always change. So to be honest with you, I would not say you're crazy at all for recommending that. Now, do I think we need to do it? I think I like the current system. I mean, I don't hate the play in at all, but I mean, do I think that can happen at some point? I mean, I, I would not put it past them one bit. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move it. Let's, let's talk about NBA MVP. Honestly, I think that ties in perfectly next. So it was a weird race. There are certain points in time where Ja Morant was a, was the favorite. There's points in time where Steph Curry was the favorite. There's points in time. Embiid's the favorite. I mean, there's points in time. DeMar DeRozan was the favorite. I mean, there's so many points in time where there's a different favorite for NBA MVP. Here we sit today, Arya. The season is officially over. You have to cast your ballot tomorrow. Who are you picking to go number one and why? So usually with MVP, I always like to look at the best teams and yeah, has the best record and pick the best player off that team. And People say, well, if you took this guy off his team, that team could still make the playoffs. And if you took a guy off a lesser team off, they'd miss the playoffs. I never understood that as a real argument because you're basically penalizing somebody for being on a greater team. And that's not their yeah. fault, right? Now, Phoenix is obviously like the team of this season. They're the only one yeah. games. And under normal circumstances, you'd pick someone off them. But I don't think statistically you can make the case for Booker as number one. It's a th everyone knows it's been a three horse race towards the end here with Giannis Embiid, and Jokic. And between the three of them, I'd always want to like default to the team record, but they're all so bunched and close together. Yep. Milwaukee and Philly have the exact same record. And I believe Denver is only three games behind the other two. So yes, mm -hmm. Denver's the sixth seed in their conference but only really three games behind. You can't really give it to Ja, even though Memphis is number two, just because of, I think, because of the amount of games he's missed. Um, well, missing the games, I don't think would necessarily hurt him, but it's how good they played without him in there. Yeah, I mean, the yeah, team's yeah. been unreal without him in there. But he's only played like 57 games. That seems low to me. Yeah. I think it's 57. Um, so I, anyways, I'm blabbering a bunch, but... I'm going Jokic just because, you know, like I said, the records don't mean that much to me because they're all that bunched together. And I think if they're all that bunched together, you got to look at circumstance to an extent. I'm not going to go down the advanced metric rabbit hole. And if we were to do that, like Jokic is, you know, head and shoulders like everyone. And I think there was even something about how Jokic, like defensive metrics are better than Embiid's. I don't love defensive metrics. And I think a lot of like scouts and like NBA front office people have said, there's really not a good metric that captures defense as yeah. a, you know, side of the ball, um, which maybe there will be one day, but anyways, like I said, those teams are all bunched together and because of what Jokic has had to deal with, you know, no Jamal Murray all season, Porter being out since what Thanksgiving, and I know Embiid had to deal with the whole Ben Simmons saga, which it's so close between those two. I have Giannis at three um, just because like with Giannis, I don't think that 
team. Yeah, Brook Lopez missed most of the season, but if you're going to count that as like a major thing, it, it doesn't compare to the other two yeah. they have to deal with in their respective situations. So I'm going Jokic one and B2, Giannis three. Um, I don't feel though like this is a hands down great MVP season a la Steph Curry 2016 or LeBron James 2013. I think it's just, we didn't have like that guy who was the super awesome player on the super good team. So we're kind of doing this. It just feels weird though, a little bit too. Cause it's like, do you feel like Jokic is the best player in the league? I think he's top five, but I, don't know, I still take Giannis over him. I still take Durant over him. Yeah. I'd still take probably, yeah, I'd still probably take it probably four or five guys over Jokic, but I just think it has to be Jokic, man. I mean, when you look at, like you said, I mean, I hate to be the guy who's going to say, let's look at all the next level metrics. When you look at all that stuff, though, like what Jokic is doing offensively, like his war and all that stuff is absolutely insane how much, like literally it's like every single chart you look at, there's like a group of players and there'll be like one player, like a little bit separate of it. Then all the way over here, there'll be Jokic. And it's just absolutely insane what he's doing. And I think back to what you said, man, like Jamal Murray wasn't here all season. Michael Porter Jr. was out all season. I mean, it was him doing it with his second best player was Eric Gordon or Aaron Gordon. His third best player is probably what Monty Morris. I mean, but Bones, Will Barton, Bones Highland. Yeah, he did it with a guy named Bones, a rookie named yeah, Bones. Don't, don't, don't talk about Bones Highland. No, I like Bones Highland. I think he's a good player. But I mean, that's this is just what Jokic does. I mean, it didn't matter. It felt like every single night that they had somebody different who was out. And as long as Nikola Jokic was in the lineup, this team found a way to get it done and win the game. I mean, I just think it has to be Jokic. There's no way not to give it to him. What that record he set the other night for what was it? It was like two, it was like two thousand points, thousand rebounds and like oh. 750 assists or something like that like I felt like that he it just all right place right time you know it's kind of like we always say with like you know winning MVP or winning Heisman or something like that it's the player who gets the recognition at the end of the season and I feel like the way everything's played out it all led to the end of the season and Jokic getting the recognition you know yeah I just feel like if Philly or Milwaukee maybe had like seven games higher than Denver right in the wins column then you couldn't make the case for those other players. Yeah. Um, well, that's what, that's what I always said. Like when, like that was the reason why I never really talked MVP. Cause I was like, okay, if Miami doesn't get the one seed here, I'm going with whoever gets the one seed between Giannis, between um, DeRozan, because the Bulls were competitive at the time, and between Embiid. You know, I was like, oh, that's easy. I'm gonna, just going to pick whoever has the one seed between them. Yeah, that didn't play he, out like that. So now at this point, I'm just going to go who had the best individual season for a team that's still in the playoffs. But to me, the one seed is more relevant because I'm looking more at, you know, the actual like record comparisons. And yeah, yeah. you may be a higher seed in the East, but you're not that much better than this team in the West. So, no, I agree with you. See, that's the thing is, that, like you said, yeah, they're all packed together. Um, what's your order after that? What's your top five for MVP? MVP? Oh, I didn't think that far ahead. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Two of the last three spots just have to go to Booker, Tatum, or Doncic. Yeah, I haven't beat it to third. I have Giannis. Four, I give, I'll give Booker the nod. And then five, I went Doncic just because I'm a little biased with him. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with what you said. I mean, I, if you said Tatum right now and argued with me, I wouldn't argue back. So, 
I'm going to agree with you on that one. Um, next up, let's let's stick on the awards here. You know, let's talk about an award that I think is more of the award that I'd rather give to the better team, and I think it's going to head coach Al- Alvin Gentry of the Phoenix Suns. Um, Monty Williams? Yeah, I don't know why I was confused them. Yeah, Monty Williams, sorry, of the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think Monty has just su- done such a good job, and I think it's, you know, deserving of him for basically two years in a row and how the Suns keep, keep on win- winning, you know. I feel I feel like that he des- that somebody on the Suns deserves an award, and I'm giving it to, to Monty here. I just feel like the Suns – I mean, they had the best record in the league this year or last year that they – they had the what this I think they they were like the third or fourth best record in the league last year. I mean, this team, even going back to the bubble, has just been on fire. I think it deserves some recognition. I'm giving it to Monty. Yeah, I mean, ever since that bubble where they went eight and oh, and um, and that was before they even had Chris Paul. Like that was kind of like the turnaround for this team with Monty at the helm. And you know, this year they've really felt like that Spurs team that lost to Miami in 2013 and came back ready to go, just blazed through the regular season. And they've just been on a goal on only one mission. Um, And like you said, like you, they got to be recognized somewhere. They didn't get an MVP because individually they don't have that one standout guy. So let's give it to the coach here. That's kind of the one leading this all. No, I agree. I don't think there's much debate there at all. Easily goes to Monty right there. Um, next award here. I think that this one is will be lead to a little bit more debate. Who you got for defensive player of the year? I do you think I know who you're gonna pick. Yeah, I mean, I, I have to go Marcus Smart. I just think he is what he does a, a guard from being the disruptor, like on ball guy he can yeah. be, which you know, he can do it. And, but also being able to, you know, be that free safety, um, go to other guys. He's versatile. I think he just brings a lot to this team that had the best defense, like starting at that second half of the season. Um, you know, him and Rob Williams really anchored that D and, you know, Mar- Marcus just meant so much to that defense. If I had to pick another guy though, um, I really like Mikel Bridges. Like, I don't know if that's too far with him, but I really like what he was doing. I go back and I know that game was in November, but that game against Golden State, which is like, these were the top two teams and Mikel Bridges really Mm -hmm. showed out just locking people down. Uh, He could switch on to pretty much anyone on that Warriors team and hold his own. Um, Now I know those Warriors aren't as dominant now as we thought they were going to be this season. Um, but I like Mikel Bridges, but I gave a tad edge to Smart. Um, that Boston defense, just the second half of the season, was on a tear. Yeah, um, I don't think that's bad. I actually have him in second place. Like, I agree with everything you said. I also think Marcus Smart stepped his game up in everything. Like, the games where y'all starters sit out, Marcus Smart will just be knocking down threes, running point guard. And really, when the Celtics, you know, when they said when there was all the rumblings, split up Tatum and Brown. I know you were very against that. Marcus Smart said, to get a point guard in there. Marcus Smart said, whoa, 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 I can play point guard. I feel like Marcus Smart definitely deserves some recognition. I'm going to go back to the guy you said, though. I'm not going with Jaron Jackson Jr. I'm going with Mikel Bridges here. I'm giving it to Bridges, man. I feel like this Suns team was so versatile. Bridges played every single game this year. He's such a disruptor with his wingspan, his hands. He can switch everybody, like you said. He's just some beast at wing defense. He can, put, he can take people out of the game at the end of games, but 
the Suns, you know, they can play any style of basketball with you. If you want to slow down playing the half court, okay, they can play a rough and tough defensive half court game. If you want to run and gun with them, they can play that style of basketball too. I think Bridges with his versatility on the wing gives you the ability to do that. I like I got Mikel Bridges here. Give it to him, honor the kid for playing every game this year. Yeah. It's crazy how like no centers really getting uh buzzed for this. I feel like center, though, it's the easiest, you know, to play defense. Like, I mean, Jaron Jackson Jr. is really the – I feel like a lot of other people are picking him to win it. My beef with him is he played 27 minutes per night, which is not enough in my opinion. But also, too, like, I just feel like that centers, you know, like we're just kind of like whoops a day do. Like, it's it's much harder to play defense as being a wing guy, you know? Yeah, and I think uh, Bam would be the guy that, had he been healthier throughout the entire year, probably would have gotten more of a – yeah. Of a, a buzz for the award, but you know, yeah, he missed way too many games. Um, next award up, I mean, I don't think there's much of a debate here. I got Tyler Hero, sixth man of the year. You got the same thing as me, yeah. And I thought he was going to win six man last year, and I think that was kind of his sophomore slump. And now he's yeah. back to close to back to bubble heroes, so yeah, no, I agree with you completely on that. And I don't think there's anything to debate on that. Um, last award. I think you know who I'm going to pick, Aria. I talk about him every single day over text. Jordan Poole, most improved player of the year this year for me. It's a no-brainer. Jordan Poole, look, he had played some decent games at the end of the year last year, but nobody saw him coming out like he did this year. I was like, ah, you know, he had a couple good games playing off Steph Curry or whatever. Jordan Poole completely turned it up to a whole other level. He got better as the season went on. When they first brought back Thompson, Poole went to the bench, and he was kind of lost and forgot about. But Poole played so well, they couldn't even forget about him and still had to keep giving him minutes. He went from averaging 12 points per game last year in 19 minutes all the way to 18 and a half points per game. His assists jumped from almost two assists per game to four assists per game. Poole is just an absolute beast. He, he, I mean, he does filthy things on the offensive end. I think he's a scorer at all levels as well. He's smooth. He's slick. And he can take over the offense and run it when Steph's out. I mean, they barely missed a beat. They almost beat Phoenix in that one game with him running point. And he think he had like 38 in that game. I think Jordan Poole is still doing better and better and better. And he's making case to be a max contract guy. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I agree. I go with Poole. And I think had he been in that bench role all year, maybe Hero wouldn't be – the uh the sixth man of the year mm-hmm. in case that pool could take two awards which i don't even know has that ever happened not that i could think of off the top of my head um Did Giannis, Giannis took defensive player of the year and mvp that one and mvp yeah, okay so that definitely has happened um so but that'd be cool just seeing six man and most improve at the same year yeah but, yeah like i think pool is just done whatever's been asked of him you know he's his game's obviously gone up but it's also you know start without uh start alongside Steph Curry come off the bench and it's just that he's been able to do whatever's asked of him and do it at a high level uh the only other person I could think of for this award is really Tyrese Maxey um but you know with the way Philly kind of finished the season here Remember when they first got Harden and they won, like, I think, like, three games and everyone was like, whoa, yeah. Harden and Bede, Maxi. Um, now I think people are more lukewarm on Maxi than they were at that time. Um, but I would put him maybe number two and uh, definitely pool at the top spot. 
Yeah, see, I have a tough time voting second-year guys to be most improved players. Like, I know some people were throwing around Josh, John Morant. That'd be disrespectful. But I would actually take Desmond Bain before I would take Maxie. Bain averages more points per yeah. game, and he averages – I mean, Maxie barely averages more assists than he does, but he's got him barely in rebounds. So, I would probably take Bain over Maxie, but I think it's Jordan Poole without a doubt. I mean, I also – Jordan Poole's a, turned himself to a max contract player. I don't think Maxie or Bain are max contract guys just yet. Um, anyway, let's get to the last part here. Let's talk about our all-NBA teams. We'll go through our first, second, and third team here real quick. Um, I'll, t- I'll, I'll go first here on first team. I think we'll probably have the same first team. Um, for my first team, you know, I, th- I thought about it long and hard all day. You know, there's going to be some people who are probably going to have where they got Jokic and Embiid on the first team, which I simply can't do and I won't do. There's no way these guys would play on the floor at the same time together. That lineup would just be terrible. I have Jokic as my first team center since he's my MVP. My uh, first team or forward, I'm going with Giannis. My other forward, I went with Jason Tatum. Then I went with Devin Booker and Luka as my guards. What about you? Yeah, I had the exact same. Um, The thing about Jokic and Embiid putting them together, like – First off, I know we're in this like form of positionless basketball and what is a forward? What is a center? Jokic is actually a point guard. But the fact of the matter is it still has to make sense some ways in a basketball team. And all those years when Anthony Davis was playing power forward and they put him at first team center. Well, it made sense. You could actually like to me, yeah. reason that Anthony Davis could be the center on that team. It's got to feel like a basketball team, I guess, at the end of the day. So I, I agree with your uh, your five there. Yeah, no, I feel like it has to be a team you would play with in like an all-star game or something like that. Like you're not playing a beat and Jokic together in an all-star game. Yeah. Um, next next up here, what's your second team? All right, so I'd go guards, John Morant and Steph Curry. Same. Forwards, Kevin Durant and DeMar DeRozan. And at center, I'd put Embiid. I have the exact same thing as you again. I mean, I feel like there's not much of a deb- debate, you know. I mean, John Morant played more games. He's probably on the first team, and Booker or Lucas playing on the second team. Durant, I, I give Tatum the nod over Durant. Durant's team's in the seventh spot. He missed a lot of games. Tatum was out there every single night. Tatum's team's in the second, is in the number two spot in the East. Right, but if Durant played more games, you could argue the Nets would be higher up, and then you it, put him over Tatum. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think Durant and Tatum – I mean, sorry, Durant and uh, Morant are in the same book. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, the last team, I think we might actually have different on the last team. So, obviously, y'all know I was going to put my boy in here. I got Trey Young and Chris Paul as my guards, as my center or power forward. I mean, you can flip-flop these guys either way. One of them's at center, one of them's at power forward. I went with Carl Anthony Towns. I have Siakam as my other forward, and then my other forward slash center. I went with Bam Adebayo. Look, it was tough for me. I left LeBron off my team. The way I look at it with LeBron and Bam, both of them have their flaw. Bam didn't play in as many games. LeBron's team missed the playoffs, and he also didn't even play in enough enough games to qualify as the league's leading scorer. The way I look at it is I'm going to award the guy whose team made the playoffs and had the number one seed. Miami is gonna, only going to get the six-man-of-the-year award. I feel like we got to give them a spot on the on the uh, all-NBA teams. I just feel like they deserve at least one slot. Therefore, I'm going to throw Bam in as my, all, as my all-NBA center slash power forward. So, yeah, a little different here. Maybe not as much as you would think. Um, I definitely would put Towns at center. I don't like the idea of putting Bam and Towns together because to me that's kind of like the same thing as the whole Jokic and B thing that we were talking about for first team. Um, 
But I do agree with your point on the Miami Heat. Like, they have the best record in the East. Yeah. They got to have a player there. So that's why I have Butler. Okay. Uh, one of the forwards. I did also have LeBron. Um, actually, not also, because you didn't have LeBron. Yeah. But to me, it's like, I couldn't think of 15 guys better than him. Like, he's still LeBron James. He was 30 points. He, I know he didn't actually win the scoring title. I know the Lakers were garbage, but I think there was a big hole at forward this season. And think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Kawhi missed the entire year. Uh, Paul George missed majority of the year. So that's two forwards right there. I think there's another forward I'm forgetting about somewhere, maybe. Uh, maybe not. But, you know, LeBron is still obviously good, right? <laughs> Um, and I I just couldn't in good faith, like tell myself, yeah, LeBron James is worse than Pascal Siakam. I'm not saying he's a worse player. I just can't reward LeBron and the Lakers for what's going on this season. I think Toronto's top five in the East. I feel like you got to give them and Miami, both, both the players. See, the reason why I didn't put on Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler shot 9% from three in the month of March. And I just simply can't look past that. That is absolutely abysmal. And he's been in and out of the lineup a ton as well. That's why I felt a little bit better about putting Bam on there. It is saying, you know, Cat can shoot threes. If they play together, Cat would shoot on the perimeter and Bam can pass a little bit. But I mean, I, I don't know. It's pretty tough, man. I just don't want to award LeBron and the Lakers for as bad as they were. They were the most disappointing team in the league this year. I just feel like they don't deserve to be up for any awards whatsoever it's it's tough i mean he's by the way he's gonna be on the third team you know that right like no i'm a, i'm 100 percent sure that's just what i did if i had to guess knock bam off there and put lebron on there and i think that's that'll be your actual team that's just yeah. my team I, I i didn't love putting him on the third team but it was just like i i couldn't like just actually do it and tell myself yeah pascal siakam over lebron james I mean, when you put it like that, you're not wrong. But at the same time, when I, the way I look at it is there's more of a debate between LeBron and Bam than there is Siakam. I think Siakam should definitely be on there, even over Jimmy Butler. I feel like Siakam went to bat with the guys most of the nights. Siakam put the numbers up. He's been a beast ever since the All-Star break. I feel like Siakam deserves some recognition here. Yeah, but there was a point where, like, that contract looked horrible for Toronto. And there was a point in time where you probably could have – what what was the trade that, that they were talking about with Siakam? There was like a trade on the table. It was like um, Warriors, right? Yeah, it was the Warriors. It was like the Kaminga and Wiggins for Siakam. I still don't know if Golden State would do that. I like Kaminga. Yeah, but the thing is, you're gonna have to dump Wiggins in order to play to pay Jordan Poole. You're gonna have to dunk. You're gonna have to dump Wiggins or Thompson in order to pay Poole, and I would definitely dump Wiggins in a heartbeat. They're the most interesting team this summer. I, I, well, we got to see what happens in the playoffs, obviously, but they're the team that, like, I think them and Philly, mm-hmm. depending on how their playoffs go, is like the most interesting what's going to happen next. No, absolutely. There's a there's going to be a lot of drama that's going to unfold, man. I don't think LeBron will play for the same team again. Um, the Warriors have pieces out the ass. There's got to be a point in time, you know, where they look themselves in the mirror and say, does having all this potential, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier with Luca and his young team, like there's a point in time where having all the potential is only worth so much. You got to cash in on it, you know, before you miss your opportunity, your window. I mean, we've talked about it in a previous where podcast with the Celtics. What? Like the same could be said for the Grizzlies, all these young players, but it's like, 
all right, well, let's push these chips in and actually make a run. Yeah, see, I feel like next year is more when the Grizzlies look to look to push yeah, in. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, all right, I feel like we've exhausted everything we need to talk about. It's been about an hour since we, that we've been on here. Do you think we missed anything? Yeah. Uh, what do you think is going on with Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes this season? <laughs> I do know who Lewis Hamilton is. I could not tell you a damn thing about what's going on with Lewis Hamilton. They haven't won a race yet. It's been all Ferrari and Red Bull so far. Damn, Lewis Hamilton's got to step it up. I don't know. I, I need to finish the documentary so I understand what's going on, but not the documentary, the docu-series, but I don't know, man. Everyone told me Lewis was like the greatest uh, racer of all time, and he hasn't won a race this season. What's going on? You know, Lewis's boys with James Harden and a little baby, so maybe he says a little bit of James Harden in him. Oh, so choking? <laughs> yeah. Maybe he does have a little bit of James Harden in him. Um, or quitting on his team, one of the two. But um, anyway... Um, I think that's about all we got for today's podcast. We'll me and Ben are hopping on here tomorrow, talk some NFL draft, but me and Aria will be back again on Thursday with more NFL or more NBA playoffs. Um, we should have, we'll know who our seven seeds are. We don't think our eights are going to beat the one. So we'll just go ahead and preview all our playoff matchups and give out our NBA finals picks as well. I'm going to give us until then to get that part together, but that's all I got. Any parting words, Aria? I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, nope. I think I'm good. All right, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.